0: Hey friends, it felt a little weird to launch into season two without a quick note beforehand. This upcoming episode was pre recorded in late February before the 2020 we now know kicked into high gear. The good news? Even with so much happening in this brave new world, the conversation you're about to hear includes thoughts on diversity, equity, and operating with a love ethic that is still relevant and applicable today. To be clear, I stand with Bernice King in a recent tweet she shared. Matter is the minimum. Black lives are worthy. Black lives are beloved. Black lives are needed. Starting with the song was first launched to share extraordinary stories from everyday voices, and we will stay true to that. There are some not easy but necessary conversations I want to have, but I also think it's important that we put in the time to lament and learn So we can listen with empathy, speak with respect and love better all around now onto the show. Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Starting With a Song. I'm your host, Amanda Mazzo, and I am so glad you're joining us. We're kicking off season two today with thoughts on evolution in song, career, culture, and learning. My guest today is a leadership coach and founder of Earnest Journey, facilitating serious growth for not-so-serious people. Here's my conversation with my friend, Angela Wiggins.
1: So much better. Good. This is like a dark cave. Good. Yes. Like a vampire when I come out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I see the sunshine. Yes.
0: Oh, well, we have, so in our office, we have this massive fluorescent light. And I was like, nope, this is not going to work. So I uh, brought in lamps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Same, same <laughs> at my office at the leadership center. I was like, <clears throat> yeah. these are no get go. lamps. Mm-hmm. Can't do it.
0: Um. Cool. Do you want to, are you ready? Do you want to sure. dive in? Sure. Awesome. The first thing that I thought of, and you, you know, you and I emailed about it yesterday. I was like, we have such a weird, unique, fun mm-hmm. meet cute story. Mm-hmm. I guess is yeah. that what you call? It? That's what they call it, like an meet, a meet cute. cute.
1: Yeah, really. Have you never heard meet that? cute? Is that what it's called? I have no idea. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> like, I don't but know if know what I you're think about meet crazy. cute, I'm like M E E T M E A T meat <laughs> no, meet cute. That's no, weird. No,
0: not M E A T. <sighs> okay, meet cute definition. Oh. In a film or television show, an amusing or charming first encounter between two characters.
1: Okay. Uh.
0: Never mind. This says it leads to a development of a romantic relationship. <laughs> That's not us. But we it's don't a know yet. <laughs>
1: we have we don't know yet our husbands
0: may have something to say about that but you just don't hear about that like you I mean you do hear like online dating like oh we met online or whatever but like you and I met on Twitter yeah and I think you had just moved to Nashville from Atlanta right I was like
1: smoke signals. <laughs>
0: I need, I need interaction oh, I need people. with people. Yeah.
1: And I don't know where they're at.
0: Now, when, what year was that? When, when did you
1: move? I moved here in 2012 for six months. I officially moved here in 2014. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 There between 2012 and 2014 was like a whirlwind of things that happened. Everything changed in my yeah, life. So. Gosh.
0: The message I got was like,
1: hey (laughs) like (laughs) I don't even remember but I just knew I knew
0: that you were an art director I guess at the time or had a graphic design background Mm -hmm. and that may have been the opening that may have been what you said but I do remember getting together we met at the skillery we had co-working space there at Mm -hmm. the time we had a membership and actually creative mornings may Mm -hmm. have been there that morning and I had not gotten involved with them yet but um my my main memory of that was that we immediately just dove into this conversation and i had a meeting afterwards and i completely lost track of time and oh, i was yeah, late I remember that so at the end of our conversation i was like oh my gosh i got to go yes. and i just like ran
1: out of there uh, I but that. Yeah.
0: yeah so yeah and we've been we've been friends ever since but it has been so fun meeting you then and hearing your goals and your your mm-hmm. dreams eventually and now finally seeing those come to fruition. So, yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's pretty cool. It is cool. I am a person who likes to be prepared. <laughs> and, <laughs> she says surrounded by by vinyl albums and, from her childhood. <laughs> and to feel um, like I'm whatever I'm going to do next is I'm going to be in service to the people that I want to work with. Like mm-hmm. that, I am. I am at least putting a shingle out there with some, you know, some knowledge. Yeah. I, I really started coaching six years ago with a former colleague that was sort of a more new to graphic design and we had worked together for years. And then when I took a, my first executive coaching class ever, I never didn't even know what that was at Vanderbilt with Mark Cannon, who is, was my mentor, really, so at awesome. that time. I don't know if he knows that, but... I asked her to be my first coaching client, and she was like, yes, because she had moved to another firm by then. I'm going to try something with you, and she said yes. So, that was, we did that for a year. I still work with her, and I still work with a place that she worked to for, for six years. That's so cool. And it's a great relationship.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I definitely want to talk more about that, but you were talking about mm-hmm. being prepared and I'm staring at this large <laughs> yeah. stack of yeah. colorful vinyl albums from your childhood. Right. And I'm going to say this again. You're the very first person that has come in here with visual aids. Yes. And you are, you're so prepared. You have notes. Mm-hmm. I i can't wait to talk about these.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a theorist, my learning style, and then I, I like to reflect. So I, I like to, and some people are like, everybody's different. Yeah. Some people are action oriented and so yeah so I couldn't sleep the other night my husband was out of town oh. and I was like I'm just thinking about this these this music and I was like I have all these cool albums and Amanda is a designer and she would appreciate seeing these if she hasn't and I don't know that and I was listening to your the previous that has been published and And listening to your parents, I don't know if she would have seen this. (laughs) (laughs) And she might might be interesting to her. Well,
0: what's funny. So we were flipping through. These are bands like Duran Duran and Fleetwood Mac. I did not start listening to them until college. Right. Um, And that was only because I had a suite mate at the time. That was what her parents listened to. Fleetwood Mac, Elton John. Mm hmm. And even Radiohead, but even like, I'm I'm going back to middle school in eighth grade. That's when I got into Led Zeppelin and the Beatles again, because I had another friend that was listening yeah. to those things at the time too. So like I did have, my parents had vinyl, but it was not rock. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, um, Beach Boys, yeah. Bobby Goldsboro.
1: I, I thought you know, that, was yeah. a, that was a really cute interview. Oh I gosh. mean, it was really sweet. They're keepers. Um, yeah. And I I was thinking about, you know, I have all these albums. These are albums that my parents had, mostly my dad, that was really into music. And on some of these, you'll see, I think, some sketches from him (gasps) where he was like sketching the artwork. And I remember that. What? So he was he was an artist as well. He, I mean, he was he was like a casual artist, like an interest in in, he he like doodled and and stuff. Um, And we had all these awesome album covers to look at and I was just fascinated yeah. with them and I stared at them and these are albums that I mean this is zero to five years old that I'm looking at these you know Led Zeppelin and yeah. Queen and being just like having so many questions about
0: it and I well I'm, I mean we're looking at the artwork yeah on these and it's it's insane, some of the stuff that... Um, you said these came out like in the 80s?
1: Well, yeah. Early 77 80s. to early okay. 80s. Yeah. Okay. But I was born in 77, so some of them were around that time, okay. 78. So, my parents would have had to be buying them around the time I was born. Right. Or the year I was born, which is very interesting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird to go back and think about yeah. your parents doing these things that like we do today yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, 10 and, years ago. And
1: or. my middle name is Sheena or Shanae. And that's never been really clear to me how you <laughs> how you say that. It's <laughs> it's and I've not really ever loved it, but it's Sheena S-H-E-E-N-A. And I never knew that. I mean yeah. how many times do
0: we talk about our middle yeah, names Yeah, like that's weird. I have never heard you mention that. I've never yeah. seen it written
1: down. Yeah. I, I used to sign my name with an S, which okay. I thought was it was <sighs> it's <laughs> good but um I asked my parents about it when I was younger and mm-hmm. the story was and I don't know and I don't think it's true but that I was named after Sheena Easton that was my middle name but then when I looked that up it just doesn't the timeline doesn't add up <laughs> so I don't know if they made that up later or how that worked they wanted out to give it some meaning yeah for you. yeah, yeah okay. uh, and I don't know if that's true but and that's what I came to believe uh-huh. as a, a child I grew up with with music in the home. And I grew up mm-hmm. in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Okay, I was going to ask because yeah. I knew you
0: weren't from here, but... Yeah. Okay, so and you grew up in
1: Alabama. And I guess, are your parents from there as well? My mom is more from that area. My dad was born in Florida and grew up in Gary, Indiana. My dad and his family moved to uh, Alabama, Muscle Shoals area, mm-hmm. sometime before I was born. Mm-hmm. And they, and he met my mom.
0: And do you have any siblings? No. I don't either. Only
1: child. Yeah, same. And I also grew up in a pretty small rural neighborhood where oh, all the kids were at my house or we were at their house all the time. We ran around, you know, so It was like you in had the siblings, 80s. Right. So it was like, we don't know where our kids are, really. Right. I mean, you open we, the door and yeah. yell for them. It's time for dinner. Yeah. Come yeah. home. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we were around. Mm-hmm. We were around and we were at somebody's house and they could call and mm-hmm. know where we were. When we lived in Louisiana
0: before Georgia, there was like this, you know, the street. And then the houses were on either side and there was like a little ditch area that ran under all the, oh, the drive, yeah. you know, the driveways. And so as kids, I mean, it would fill up with water and mud oh. and we would dig out
1: crawfish. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: But that's that's what you did back then. You yeah. didn't have
1: video games. You didn't oh, have computers. Yeah. You didn't have the Internet. Yeah. I remember going to my grandmother's house and me and my cousin. Priscilla Bell went, went um, my grandpa, I don't know why he did this. I guess he thought it would be fun or funny, but <laughs> he took us out to a field and they were, uh, watering the crops with those big, um, crop water and like contraptions. The on the yeah. Oh, yeah wow. He took us out there and we just played in that. <gasps> We were just head to toe Mud. And I remember my we were throwing mud at each other, and my grandma's just laughing about this whole thing. Ha ha ha. You know, and then I remember uh, Priscilla threw mud and it got in my eye, and I was just like, I was just so distraught. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's all fun and games until you get mud in your eye. (laughs) So back to that time where you. Just listening to your parents' music, or did
1: you have any other things that you were listening to? You know, when I was probably around eleven, I started listening to rap. You know, and I just didn't understand it, and I was just like, "My posse's on Broadway." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like oh. I knew all the the words, like Sir Mixalot's. Oh, oh, I know? know.
0: I was just talking to a friend of mine. She listens to a lot of hip hop, and she was actually talking about the. um you know, current currently like hip hop today, how she feels mm-hmm. like it's taken more of an emo turn. Like things are getting very emotional. And I thought, really, hip hop? Because my memory of that growing up in Atlanta, mm-hmm. yeah, um, with with so so deaf records yeah. and Ludacris coming out, it was all very upbeat uh, and fun. Or even like Sir Mix-a-Lot. I mean, it's just a fun yeah. song. And so, well, his hit, like the, I'll be honest, that's the only one of his yeah. I know. But it, it's weird for me to think that something like that, like rapper hip hop, can take. Such a sad,
1: like emotional turn. I mean, yeah, uh, R and B. I get. I think you know we could have a whole conversation about rap. I don't know that I'm qualified for that conversation, (laughs) but I I I understand. It's like the you know music is a reflection of the culture and Mm -hmm. and where we what we live and what we deal with. So. As I think rap has gotten more, I mean, it's like well accepted, wins awards, you know, I think as a genre of music, would assume it evolves.
0: I like that there are some other voices being represented. I'm thinking about Lizzo mm-hmm. and her.
1: Uh, she's not really rap, but like this amazing musician. Lizzo is <clears> such <throat> a phenomenon. Oh my know? gosh. And Everything about her, everything that she stands for, everything about who she is, mm-hmm. and how she, you know, it lives out in the world and where she's been, and she tells that story, and she's not afraid. Mm-hmm. And I just like that there's yeah.
0: a space being held for that now, yeah. you know, because yeah. I don't think there used to be.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, there, there was, there, there wasn't, and and there, and there wasn't, and there was because we, you know, Missy Elliott. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, Missy Elliott really groundbreaking Mm -hmm. kind of artist and I say artist in every sense of that term Mm -hmm. I mean I really I got into that you know music change over time I was Mm -hmm. like into everything country just wasn't part of it ever but a lot of influence you know on me as far as because when you're growing up and you're developing your own sense of self Mm -hmm. you are you know first it's my parents which listen to all this awesome music i still listen to i love Mm -hmm. it and then there's the you know kind of the rap phase where i was like this is cool what is this this is new to me completely yeah right my parents don't like it so even better (laughs) right you know like we don't we they don't understand me you know and that's just the normal cycle of development around Mm -hmm. 11 or 12 years old when that was happening and then and then as I got older, like high school, it became well grunge, oh, you know, sure. Nirvana and and um, Pearl Jam and. You know all, all those what a guys. huge time. Yeah. yeah oh just beautiful Chris mm-hmm. Cornell just beautiful <laughs> things happening then and and Lenny Kravitz I mean oh, yeah. I was really into Lenny Kravitz still yeah. am and then there was the and I uh, you've talked about this Lilith Fair oh, the whole yeah. all the all the like strong female singers over time powerful songs mm-hmm. they were talking about all kinds of different things okay. you know I didn't understand exactly everything but I knew it was like, something to be upset about you know I'm taking a stand I know I know know that I'm not I know that things aren't fair Mm -hmm. uh you know and and these are women that are slightly older than me maybe not and some some of them um but I yeah it was just really I mean it was a female voice Mm -hmm. it it resonated with me in my time of life when there were you know a lot of emotions and feelings coming up about Boys and things and and so yeah, it was so yeah. I went through that phase and I never really left it. <laughs> I mean, I'm still here. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm still here listening to Sarah McLachlan and Alanis mm-hmm. Morissette and mm-hmm. um and that and they're great. They're great. They're great singers and you know they've it's timeless. Yeah, and yeah. Alanis Morissette has always been very self-reflective and mm-hmm. um as she continues to grow and age and have children and talk about all those things and i think that's really fascinating too to watch
0: people that you know it is interesting too because her well her first when jagged little pill came out i mean that blew me away mm-hmm. that album and then the next album was completely different this was after yeah. her like in Indi- our know, trip yeah. to india and she was you know had taken this like eat pray love trip mm-hmm. um And then the album after that was different. So it's, it's, you're talking about like the evolution of culture or time in general or experiences. I mean, that is so evident. And I know there are other artists that do that, but hers specifically, when I think about her music, even though I didn't love the song "Thank You," I can appreciate it because it it's outlining yeah. her her own journey. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean she she writes what she feels, mm-hmm. and she's she talks about being a highly sensitive person and how that shows up in her music and how, you know, and I think that's you know as far as human development goes, she's pretty fascinating to yeah. watch her go through these things because, Jagged Little Pill, she came from a Canadian pop star. That's right uh, background, and and achieved monumental success with that. Mm-hmm. And that was very hard for her. That's just a, a whole different world. You know, music has changed so much too. I try to stay current as much as possible if somebody stands out and their sound really stands out to me. Billie Eilish is one of those that I'm just okay, been tell kind of fascinated yeah, with. T- talk
0: more about that because some of this newer music that's coming out, I just can't wrap my head around it. We went to a conference in L.A. We went to Adobe Max and she spoke. Mm-hmm. She was one of the speakers with um, Dave Grohl and mm-hmm. M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted more from her, from somebody who can write from such an emotional, I'm doing air quotes, deep mm-hmm. perspective. I want you to speak that to mm-hmm. people. So when someone says, hey, do you have any advice for you know people who are um, emerging creatives and wanting to yeah. maybe do some of this stuff? She, her answer was like, just do whatever you want. Help me understand. <laughs> I just I and, just
1: love the story.
0: Okay. I, I so, just love
1: her because story. Because that I don't know. Well, I, I think she, that to me is fascinating and where she is in her life. Okay. So she started writing with her brother in their parents' two bedroom home where the parents slept in the living room while the children had the rooms and now they were recording this album in her brother's room with all his equipment and that's it and so I think of this like like we don't see that very often that there's like a homemade sound yeah and and I think things are often now overproduced Mm -hmm. over stylized over just over it's No, just too much. Yes. And I think what they did with what they had is impressive and interesting. And their relationship. I did not know that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think what we see on the outside is a stardom of a teenager Mm -hmm. who dresses differently and does things differently, which is all to be expected to at her stage of life to go against the grain, mm-hmm. you know, and that's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch somebody in our time frame do that, mm-hmm. kind of like a Cindy Lauper or a Madonna yeah. did back in the time, to just look different and be different. You, you know? know, I think it's interesting
0: yeah. that we forget that these, th- these things have happened before. It's an old story with a new spin on mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So we talk a lot about metaphorical singing mm-hmm. on here. Which is something that feels really important to me to talk to people about how they, quote, sing through their circumstances and find joy in their everyday. And when I was thinking about this conversation with you, it feels like the heart of your practice is to help other people sing and find their voices and empower them. I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what you do Mm -hmm. and what inspires you to keep going and keep Helping other people saying, you know,
1: you don't really realize what you're good at for maybe a long time. Mm -hmm. And there there are stages in your life where you're good at something for a while and then you change. We, and I help, and this is one of the things that I help people a lot with is to say, when you're in your 20s, it doesn't mean that this is your only career. That's right. And that you can have other interests. And if you live until you're 80 or 100, how many more careers might you have? Mm-hmm. You know, what is, you have other interests and you may have interests you don't even know that you have yet. Mm-hmm. And that is how that evolved for me, is that I I, I had interest. I was a creative person. Weirdly, I came back around to the first thing I was really interested in. And that's where I'm at now. When I graduated from high school went to college I thought I was going to be a psychologist oh wow and i was in a pre med psychology program <laughs> and, what and i and i took a lot of like abnormal psychology psychology you know social science classes mm-hmm. um around the same time i had a- always been interested in you know art and and no matter what i ever did i always took an art class mm. because it was my creative outlet i needed it mm-hmm. and so i took that and and it was a design teacher that took me aside and said, Hey, I know this is not your major, but you are really it's this is easy for you. And maybe it's something you could sit consider. And I had no idea. <laughs> what could I consider? What does that right. mean? I, I had nobody around me that said you can make money at art or it was graphic design was a thing that mm-hmm. people did. I mm-hmm. just didn't know that. I talked to my parents about it a little bit. We they took me to Atlanta to meet my cousin who was a graphic designer at the time and we we stayed with him and I saw and he took me to his work and I saw what he did and I was like what you do this for a living this is amazing you know like I didn't know you could do art and this is also has a lot to do with math and Mm -hmm. like psychology and I was really into like mixing all these things up in my life and all those interests and so that turned into the first career and eventually you know uh, took more business classes and and Design classes and, and change schools and, you know, kind of the rest is history from there. But it's like following your interest mm-hmm. in that way. And then as I began that career I, and, and continued to grow in that career and have my own business and... Um, lead teams, and lead my own projects, and mm-hmm. do things like that. And I became a manager and mentor to people. And I went to grad school at Vandy, took a, that executive coaching class. And the reason why I went to grad school is community development. And that was really, it's really important to me. And I, I had a coach at the time, you know, and it was a hard time for me. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next in my life. And I was burnout, out. And I was like, ah. And she helped me at the time figure out what I what was really important to me. And that's when I went to grad school. And then I took that. It's like it just lead one thing leads to another. If you continue following your interest and and the breadcrumbs. Yeah. yeah. And say, I'm really interested and I want to learn more. Uh-huh. I'm really interested in that. I want to learn more. And then keep learning more. And then continue to be super interested then mm-hmm. and just keep following that. And and also having help recognizing what that is yes. in you, because that's also very difficult to do. Yes, to to to, to, to say I'm good at this, mm-hmm. or I, there's a there's a there is a crumb here, and um, I need to pay attention to mm-hmm. it. I
0: mean, obviously, you would know your interests, but I think it's a huge gift to have somebody speak that truth to you yeah. and say you need to
1: pursue this. There's been people in my life that have done that for me over mm-hmm. time to like help help me see myself. I've been doing that with other people and I didn't realize. Yeah. That and and so then I I started pursuing. I was like I really like helping people see themselves. Yeah. And that's really to me no matter how much you know or how much you study or how much you learn as far as like coaching goes the real gift that you give people is to have them have that time for themselves Mm -hmm. like a hundred percent that somebody is listening and listening not to just what they're saying but what they're not saying i've always been fascinated with development i've always been fascinated with psychology and how people just how they change Mm -hmm. and grow over time and that's been a fascination from I don't know when. I call myself a leadership coach. Mm-hmm. I think leadership is learning. We don't yet have a, a good definition of gender-neutral leadership and what that mm-hmm. means because women do things differently. And the and the Can definition we bring, of leadership we bring different things to the table. Yeah, and the definition We're, of yeah. leadership um, would change. Mm-hmm. I wrote this down because I thought it was important. Leadership is a relational co-constructed activity. So it's not, I'm dominating you or the situation. It is, we're in a relationship. I am responsible for some things and we need to co-create what that looks like together. Mm -hmm. And that sounds collaborative. Yeah, it's more collaborative than our usual directive, Mm -hmm. competitive, um, autocratic um, and then compared that to collaborative, cooperative, democratic mm-hmm. forms of leadership. And, and I think we've, we've started to get there. We've, we've, there's been a lot more talk about mindfulness and, and being in the present moment and not having all the answers and being more collaborative over time. That has happened, it, and we see it happening. It's just not widely adopted. To me, that's my work, mm-hmm. is how do I... Contribute to that yeah. Um, change in that, whether it's a change of a person going to work every day and saying, this is what leadership looks like. It's not the yeah. definition that we all think. This is what leadership looks like. This is how we get things done. And this is how we have empathy for other people. And this is how we work together to get to whatever that is, that
0: <clears throat> vision. And, or and those things don't make you weak.
1: No. Yeah. No, they make you vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you weak that makes But there's you, a strength yeah, in that. That's so that's so strong yeah. to do that. You no, know, Brené Brown is the queen of I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you about, brought that up. Yes. Uh, vulnerability and and she has a place in her book and and in person though. Where she says, uh, she asks a soldier, do you need vulnerability to go to battle? Mm-hmm. Yes. You need to be able to be truthful with the people you're with in the trenches. You need mm-hmm. that vulnerability or you are going to die. I love that you brought her up because you had the opportunity
0: to study with her. Yes. Which feels <laughs> incredible. Yeah. G- can
1: you even put words to that? I had, I wasn't able to for a little while. Yeah. It was sort of a, um, it was like such an awesome, just The cohort I was with Mm -hmm. was really just amazing. The gifts of imperfection changed my life. Seriously. Yeah, that's that's the first one. And then when she got to Dare to Lead, she had been researching for years about leadership. My experience with my cohort was about love. How interesting. Yeah. And that we had a lot of different people in the room, like from all over the world. And there were a, a lot of talk about equity, And diversity and what that means and the definitions of those things. And I'm reading the book All About Love by Bell Hooks now. And and Brene sent that to all of us um, in that cohort because we talked about that. And Bell Hooks is one of her mentors. Her goal is to create more of a love ethic in our world. And the way she does that is to train other people.
0: I Um, think about that constantly. I just feel like we're in a drought of love. Yeah. And we have certain differences that pop up that people are very loud about. Mm-hmm. And it drowns all the stuff that we actually have in common, like humanity. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, yeah. I, there's a lot around. There's a lot wrapped up in that, mm-hmm. and I, I think that book, all about love, talks about those different angles. It's like, how did you learn about love?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What did you see? And, and and I know this has a lot
0: to do with people's own experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, just like their political views
1: would be shaped by personal experiences. Uh, neuroscience is something that is a relatively new field of study when we start to understand how our brains really work there's a whole body of knowledge that continues to grow and and get more clear the more research is done so yay science you know, like, <laughs> like uh, part of what we are doing at evolving as a human species on the planet is we've made a lot of stupid mistakes we think, oh, this is a great idea. Asbestos, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, like coal fire. Plants, right, you know, right. oh, great idea. This is cheap. This is, you know, whatever. And then it's not. It's bad for us. But then we have to not deny it that we right, made a mistake and it. say, OK. And so there's part of that, like how we evolve as a human mm-hmm. species and, and part of that is science and how we look at. Our brain and what we know about it. And the more that we know about ourselves, the more we can understand how we can grow and how we can be better humans. One of my friends said, she said, sent me a message. She said, I think you help people rest. Mm. And I was like, that's a really interesting thing to say, because I encourage people to find out who they are and what they need and what support they need and how mm. um, they can make things more balanced or easier on themselves and to let things be easier. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we're in a culture of striving. Oh, yes. um, resting is so important. And I, I didn't realize that that may be part of what I do is to say, hey, slow down what i'm hearing
0: you say is you're you're aligning goals and values and bringing clarity mm-hmm. which in turn brings rest i'm assuming that everybody's brain is as jumbled as mine is yeah. all the time yeah. and if i can streamline some of these thoughts yeah. in, into action items or not yeah. and saying hey that doesn't line up with my core values as a as a human mm-hmm then I'm not going to do that. Yeah. It's interesting as we're talking, like I keep hearing the theme of evolve, mm-hmm. evolve, like the just like music evolved, yeah. human yeah. development, you know, how are we learning from our past mm-hmm. and changing that into a better future?
1: Yeah. We have an action that happens mm-hmm. in our lives. We reflect on that action. Then we learn from the action and take it in different action. Yeah. And that's how we learn. And sometimes we don't do that. And sometimes we get stuck somewhere where we we keep taking actions and don't take time to reflect Mm -hmm. or we keep reflecting and we never take an action. Yeah, I I go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of a a person that gets stuck in reflection more often. Um, And maybe that's helpful for me to help other people reflect when they're acting
0: To hear your story, to go back and see these little stops that you made in your career and the gifts that you've yielded. It was like you needed to go on that little path to pick up those things to really bring in, bring it all together together to what yeah. you're doing now. I think that's it really interesting. It is a real
1: journey. Yeah. And the name of my company is Ernest Journey because I think I am a serious person, mm-hmm. um, but also not so serious in a lot of ways. I see humor in life, but your life journey is serious. I love comedy. Mm-hmm. I think comedy is the smartest uh, so it's, comedians are so intelligent they are looking at culture and making fun of our we're making fun of ourselves they're mm-hmm. helping us make fun of ourselves so yes. maybe we can't and bringing laughter to some yes. really really yeah. serious <laughs> situations, situations. Yeah. and it's funny I mean yeah. I love to not take myself seriously uh one of the comedians that I really love right now is Gary Goldman and okay. he came to Nashville recently and he has a special um on HBO I think it on Amazon Prime called The Great Depression. I have seen it, and is and he's just the kind. Uh, he's a kind comedian. I appreciate all kinds of comedy, but I love Gary's take on comedy because he he is. Sort of busting some masculine myths in his work and saying, I'm a big guy, but I'm a sensitive guy and I like to go to Michael's and I like to craft and, you know, <laughs> nothing like, wrong I, and there's nothing wrong with that. And he talks about his depression and and it's hilarious. You know, it's also you really feel for him Mm -hmm. and you have empathy. Also, David Letterman was my favorite. I love David Letterman. And so my parents would say, you know, it's time for you to go to bed, Angela. I think David came on really late at the time, like Mm -hmm. after Johnny Carson. And so I would stay up. I had a mirror positioned in my room. If my parents listen to this, they will not know that this happened. This is news. (laughs) But I had a mirror positioned in my room where I could see... The TV from my room, we left the door open so I could watch David Letterman at night. Oh my gosh, that is (laughs) brilliant! And I would stay up for it, and and I'm I'm still a person that stays up late and you know gets kind of goes down some sort of spiral of information. (laughs) Um, But that was just bringing that laughter and comedy. I loved it. My my parents always, you know, we watched comedy specials. I saw all all of the ones that I probably wasn't supposed to see when I was young. There was no limitations on what I was had access to. Yeah. I think that also helped my creativity and my curiosity. Because mm-hmm. curiosity is one of my core values. And I think that was helped by no limits Mm -hmm. parents like not like no limits like they cared about me and they wanted me to be safe but as far as like my mind goes and how curious i could be there were no limitations of Mm -hmm. how curious i could be i'm going to go back to what you said about you know
0: talking about the name earnest journey and how you're you would say you're a serious person, but not so serious. Mm-hmm. And I love your newsletter yeah. that you put out. And I, But I specifically wanted to mention that because one of the things that you started doing is putting playlists yeah. in there. And yeah. you were the very first person that said, I'm going to do a playlist. Yeah, yeah. That I want to release when this episode comes out. And I love yeah. this idea. Also that this is your business practice, but you're infusing fun in it. You're, yeah. y- there's a human aspect to it. I could talk with you for hours <laughs> about this stuff because yeah. it's just so fascinating. Yeah. But we do have to move to yeah. the last question. Okay. Last
1: question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the last question that I ask. Because the show is called Starting With a Song. Right. What
1: is your signature song? Oh, this is so hard. The song that comes up for me and the song that's been coming up for me a lot lately, and maybe it's just one song, and I can think of so many songs that have been powerful in my life, but Cyndi Lauper's True Colors. Mm. I just love that song so much. And like every time you play it now, it's like, oh, this is so great. This yes. is the best song. This wraps up everything. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh, see? Oh, bless. I didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> Have you, I've been noticing there's more shows coming out now that, um, there's a sitcom called Zoe's Extraordinary oh, Playlist. I've or actually something. seen that. Okay. The well, first episode. Well, I <laughs> was interested. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And True Colors was yeah. part of that. Where oh, her yeah. dad, who is oh yeah that's true he has um yeah we, we we don't really know what's going on with him but he basically at this point is catatonic can't yeah can't speak can't maybe that's express triggered my emotion of but she sees these people singing and dancing you know all the time and she turns around and her dad whisks her around and is dancing yeah. with her and singing true colors yeah. and it is yeah. For a for a fun, a fun sitcom show, it was kind of a touching moment. Yeah, that's an interesting show. I
1: did I did yeah. watch that. I, I had been looking up because I was creating this playlist to say early influences. And that was mm-hmm. one of the songs that came up for me. I'm like, whoa. Cindy Lauper. This was a song mm-hmm. that influenced me at the time, but continues mm-hmm. to influence me. Pretty neat. Yeah. It's song of evolution. Think about John Lennon yeah. a lot when I think about that a revolution. A evolution. Imagine. John Lennon has a special place. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Thanks for coming by. This is yeah. so fun. You're yeah. Thanks, Angela. You're welcome. <laughs> Great to be here. To learn more about Angela and Ernest Journey, visit her online at ernestjourney.com, and don't forget to sign up for her newsletter to access the playlist we talked about. Thanks for spending some time with us today. You make today better. If you liked what you heard, you can connect with me on Instagram at artisticamanda and you can subscribe to Starting With a Song wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all I've got for today, friends. We'll see you back here in two weeks for the next episode on June 24th.